Hey kids, I'm here with the janitor and Orland, and uh, we will be talking about Magic the Gathering, I believe. Uh, this is uh, Monster of the Week, constructing old school. I need a chill from 93 Yeah, this is how we chill from Begs the question: What are we talking about today? Uh, I don't know. Maybe pre-modcast stealing some guests or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah, uh, I have written that down here. Uh, okay. Uh, and uh, do you have any other topics in mind? Well, maybe something about Ivory Cup. Uh, yeah, be fun. We were talking, you and I and Jonas, about Jonas. You wanted to talk a bit about uh, the School of Magic. But we chickened out. I guess we didn't really know how to go about. So maybe we can do that in the future sometime. I don't even know what the schools of magic really are. I'm reading about it. But Jonas, you, you, you are proficient in uh, understanding Dungeons and Dragons and how it translates into Magic Gathering. Uh, so uh, the schools of magic, which is a topic that uh, we uh, should be uh, delving deeper into later, are basically back in the day, uh, a fellow named uh, Robert S. Hahn uh, basically divided uh, different magic decks into different schools of magic and uh, what we would call archetypes today, I think. Um, mm. uh, a lot of what he said about those archetypes are still applicable today. Okay. And there, uh, there's uh, a, a lot of interesting things to say about it. Uh, I will send you all the reading material you need. Yeah. To, uh... <laughs> I, need I need to do something over the summer here. So yeah. we, I need to do some homework before we go into it. I also yeah. grabbed a stack of uh, Duelist magazines from uh, Mickey Magnusson, so I have a lot of uh, old magic reading uh, available. Good, good. And I think the Schools of Magic, we should make it uh, five episodes, one episode per school, uh, I think, mm -hmm. because it's uh, uh, you can talk a lot about um, different uh, sub-archetypes in the school. Uh, I think, yeah. Uh, or maybe maybe do four and skip the deck. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, well, I, c I can release it, but it could it can be like three hours of silence. <laughs> oh yeah, or maybe it's like <laughs> maybe just like uh, have Fluffy do a monologue about uh, the deck. Yeah. Uh, or I, I will probably listen to Fl that. Fluffy and Queen or someone. I don't know. Um, yeah, we, we, we should. You can, you can talk with Fluffy, give him some pointers on what. It's like here in Sweden, we have each summer our governed radio gives uh, people the possibility to have a, an hour long episode on the radio. Uh, so, the summer prat, the summer talk. We could do that too, uh, Fluffy. <laughs> you can lay down in your hammock and listen to the deck by Fluffy. Yeah, uh, although it's all already kind of done uh, on ATC uh, mm -hmm. recently, Fluffy talked about the deck. So, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I kind of think... Uh, what, Maybe I should release that then. What, <laughs> what, what more is there to say about the deck? I mean, it's... Yeah, 
I think the, other, the I think the other schools are more interesting because there's a, yeah. a lot more to delve into them. Um. If you're if you're talking too much about the deck, you uh, you soon realize that the format is solved, and then you question your whole playing or what what am I doing here with old school? So it's much more fun to do stuff that's not the deck. Well, if if I'm uh, I'm gonna plug something for for about one year from now, I'm gonna do a, a big article about the deck actually in old school. Um, Mm-hmm. more of a essay or something interviewing some people uh because so of, next summer yeah because then i have played old school for 10 years uh so that that's suitable mm-hmm. uh and like interview people who have played um, the deck in in swedish mainly um uh, a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of uh, people are going to be involved if they want to of yeah. course and and some other guys so that that's going to be something to and to. i think like all of us we went to the deck pretty early when you started playing we started playing at least uh, old school you did that also Jonas right yeah it was the second deck or the third deck I built I think uh, I had to collect some jewels before uh, I could actually build it but yeah I think it was the third deck I built yeah and sometimes I bring it to the pub when you're able to go to the pub just to like make people understand that people are playing this and it's it's uh, we're bringing it down but it's I, I think it's kind of fun to play and i don't think you should like be angry at people for playing the deck uh, it's just that as you mentioned uh Wallan, you people can find out for <laughs> themselves why it's such a good way of playing magic playing all restricted cards all the colors having all the answers all the card draw in the world uh, kind of Maybe that sums it all up. Yeah, but still, I, I prefer playing against a, a, a subpar the deck player uh, than playing against someone with a tier 1.5 deck and plays a lot better. Because if you play the deck bad, obviously you're going to win a lot of matches, but you're going to lose a lot of matches as well to misplays. So. Yeah, because you need to have the right... You, you have all the answers, but you need to make the decision behind if what to answer and when and stuff like that of course uh, and playing against a 1.5 tier deck they can have like a really swingy card maybe blood moon or something and then you're like well okay you can lose to cards like straight yeah, out yeah but but i mean if you for example play against a, a really good troll disco player um with with a deck like you, Olan. Well, no, I won't, didn't want to say say that. But 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 as an example, if if you play against, you play like some some creature deck um, against or creature or aggro deck against either the deck or or a troll disco deck. Uh, I mean, it's it's probably as bad of a matchup. Um, I mean, the the matchup between the, the, the troll disco is terrible against the deck. You. You won't win against a bad deck player with uh, with troll disco even so yeah so surprise surprise listeners this is the deck episode yeah <laughs> just <laughs> and and uh, yeah. now we're done <laughs> i i think we're we, are, we i think we're done with the schools of magic on the deck now actually uh, yeah 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 so i i can edit this in and release it with uh, some silence between each like thing so because it should feel like a, a, the deck experience right also you need the 
May I don't know what what type of music would go with the deck. Is it like a classical music or is it more like the uh, hipster destination Goa trance <laughs> I, that never ends? I mean, <laughs> I don't know what the hell you listen to while um, while playing the deck. Uh, yeah. Well, but if the deck had a soundtrack, I think it's like some weird ambient music. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and and then you cut to the player that's sitting and waiting, and then you hear like the hard <laughs> something that they play, like the United States Army play to prisoners to make them crack. Yeah. Or <laughs> or maybe maybe it's like maybe it's like like some some jazz music or something when you're playing against mm -hmm. the deck because it's. It, Oh. It feels like you're sitting in a waiting room or something because mm -hmm. <laughs> you you can't do anything. You just yeah. sit there and, and wait. Then, it, then it's your turn, and then you go, <laughs> and then it goes like, dude. Okay, okay, it's not over. It's not over. He's doing an Im impresario here or something. I don't know what impresario is. So I'm just. Are <laughs> you a music teacher? <laughs> no, no. Oh, you're, a, you're a teacher at a music school. Or yeah. Yeah, hopefully they don't listen to this podcast. I think Seb wants to be a music teacher or something. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it would be nice. But I would, yeah, like in the Hollywood version of a music teacher. Yeah. I would go in on a skateboard and go. Maybe. Hey the, kids. <laughs> maybe like. <laughs> and write rock on the. Board. Yeah, ja uh, the <laughs> Jack Black in School of Rock. That, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly. like you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what I'm going for. Play, play, okay. a, play a G. <laughs> uh, so with that said, uh, we should go into what we uh, was thinking about talking about, and that was uh, Ivory Cup. Right? We all know that people are the same wherever you go. There is good and bad in everyone. Learn to live, learn to give each other what we need to survive together alive. any background on the ivory cup for the listeners i don't know uh, i mean it's um <laughs> it's it's um it's so weird because this was an online tournament but uh, yeah but ivory cup is a small uh, local stockholm tournament with some people arriving from maybe england finland gothenburg mm. 20 25 people uh, this was the sixth year uh but the first year yeah. online uh, so we had a lot of Different countries um, that usually don't show. Uh, so we yeah, we, we usually don't have the international crowd in that sense. We have people from, as you mentioned, England and maybe Finland and some more closer countries. Uh, because I think Ivory Cup and NoobCon is clearly the first, uh, like, <laughs> the first ongoing tournament. But uh, at least... Here in Sweden, I think Ivory Cup is somewhere around after that, uh, like have been going on one, uh, each year. Uh, that, but we have a lot of other scenes here in Sweden also now. 
but this this was the as with Noobcom, this was the international edition of Ivory Cup, uh, and we had thirty players, uh, and you and I played. Yes. Hold uh, on. Yeah. Jonas was supposed to play, but you got the vaccine instead. You got vaccinated. Yeah, I got uh, uh, a time slot for getting my vaccination, and it was like in the middle of round one, so I would be able to maybe arrive for round three, and uh, then I just decided that that's uh, that's just too annoying for both me and the term- tournament organizer, so I uh, skipped uh, playing. Uh, although I did uh, almost commentate uh, parts yeah. of the tournament. Uh, almost. <laughs> because uh, Gordon let you in, was it like the first top eight match or like a winning in or something? Uh, yes. Yeah, and uh, the drunkenness level ha- had went up a bit in the studio. <laughs> and uh, uh, you... Yeah, they let you speak sometimes. Uh, yeah, at some point, Gordon decided that uh, Slanis and uh, Magnusson were a bit too rowdy and drunk, so he just muted the mic, uh, mm-hmm. which uh, let me uh, commentate for about five minutes or so, I think, before yeah. uh, the chaos uh, ensued. <laughs> and we had such a good uh, comment in the chat when that happened, like, actual commentating on the game (laughs) (laughs) this is such a weird thing to be seeing (laughs) because usually uh, at least after a couple of rounds it goes on more about like making a point against the other uh, guy you're in the room with and there they were at least four people during the night that uh, sat in the chairs there trying to do some commentating Uh, and I I went because I, when I was playing, I had the no show and some stuff like that. So I went in also, and I, I think you and I were on at the same time, maybe even. Uh, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, uh, and that you point... and I mostly sat silent. <laughs> 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 we just like watched the screen. They're like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> I did have fun though, but uh... yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I think it was uh that it's not. It's uh, that's the experience we're expecting. It's not like we're talking down on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It of was, course, of course. It's just like coming from uh, zero to that for you. <laughs> it's like you 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 went to to the hospital, then you came to that. Yeah, <laughs> like, more or less. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Orlan, tell me what you decided to play. Uh, I decided to play Danny Friedman's Twiddlewald deck, or actually, it's I mean, it's it's designed by Svante Landgraf and Danny Friedman. Uh, I mean, I mm. I haven't contributed anything to this deck at all. I just copied mm. it and played it. Uh, and why why did you because you wanted to play it sometime, or why how why did you even chose to play it? Uh, I chose to play it because. Um, it was an online tournament. Uh, there's no dis- uh, there's no nothing disturbing me while while playing it, so I can I mm. can just sit and focus. Like, um, I mean, I can sit in the tank and there's there's no problem. If I was was at the the Ivory Cup uh, in that uh, in that place, uh, probably Slan yeah. Fan would be standing screaming next to me <laughs> while I while I try to combo off or something. 
So. Yeah, and more and more people will be standing, crowding around oh. uh, and talking too loudly, probably. Yeah, because Danny took down the Noobcom 2 uh, with the same deck than the Twilwalt. And I think we talked uh, briefly about that, like being a good call playing this deck online, I guess. Uh, it's timed, right, even Noobcom, but you still have... It's not a slow deck. No, per se. no. I mean, it's 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 really fast. I mean, I um, often I played three duels and we had like 15, 20 minutes left. Uh, when mm. you when you play the fireball, it's really slow. And it's like uh, I ex explained to some opponents uh, when I was winning game one. It's like, how long do you want me to go, or should do you want me to scoop, uh, or yeah. or do you scoop because else I'm going to sit here for sixty minutes and win one zero. Uh, so it, it, what it do you mean by when you're playing the fireball? Okay, you mean that you, it's so far in the future that you play the fireball, or what? No, but you need the fireball because it's um, because it's timed rounds. Mm. Because okay, so you're talking about that you might not play fireball. Uh, it's it's more of a time. Yeah, measure. I mean, it's, okay, it, yeah. it's obviously better to to cut the fireball and play a mana vault instead, mm. and win with brain yeah. brain geyser. I mean, there's mm. there's no reason to win with fireball, uh, yeah. Since the the wins are gonna be deterministic anyway. Yeah, and uh, for the listeners and everything, we're uh, talking about the Twiddlewald deck, and you usually set it up with the Howling Mine and the Silver Library, and then you uh, twiddle some time vaults, and then you do recall, and that's usually when you win, right? When you when you're <laughs> if you when your opponent is tapped out and you do the first recall for a couple of twiddles. Yeah, so. and, and then the, the end setup, if you don't play Fireball, the end setup is basically you have Time Twister and Regroup and you can uh, recur your deck and take infinite amount of turns. Uh. Yeah, you and I played the th four, third? third? Fourth round. round. No, third round. Third round, yeah. Third round, okay. Uh, and... Uh, I let you go about because uh, they had us on for uh, we went on the stream briefly <laughs> and like going into what you said earlier if you don't have any distractions around you that was exactly what happened <laughs> yeah I mean the, the, <laughs> so, the problem so is I was sitting playing I was going off Seb was exactly. Seb had put a paper with F6 kinda uh, mm -hmm. and, and it's like there's a po big pop you needed to correct me I, yeah. I put F5 yeah that's because, refresh uh, uh, but yeah. no no that's uh, yeah maybe it's yeah you put, whatever okay, yeah. but but yeah but you're you're going off with a combo deck and suddenly there's a pop-up on your screen feature match and you don't know how to get rid of it and it's like yeah i kind of lost i didn't know what yeah. i had done uh, like that uh, do, do i have a turn in the back yeah or? yeah it's like <laughs> insane uh, yeah and you told me after like really going off like do you need me to, do you want me to continue uh, and yeah. i said no i because it's also like uh I don't know. I would have scooped, of course, uh, but it's also like you getting all the things in order, I guess. Uh, I think you won the first game. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> and I won the second too, because I, I was playing the party crashing uh, deck, or the undead party crasher, as MG uh, named it, but uh, I redid it. 
and you have some uh, pointers on what I did wrong, but I, I think this is a good place where we should uh, put in uh, the MG interview I did uh, just before we sat down and uh, had this chat. So let's hear him out first on the deck. So I'm heading into this. Me and MG has, have been chatting about collecting some of his decks. And welcome, MG. <laughs> Thank you. Long time listener, first time uh, participant. Yeah, and uh, of course you're always welcome. But I like asking you to be on. I thought that uh, you wouldn't have that much to say about this, actually. Because <laughs> <laughs> the reasoning behind us talking is uh, one of your decks that you built. And I found two <laughs> posts of them uh, on, like, by happenstance uh, on your blog. Uh, and I kind of looked through, but it's not easy to find stuff. Like it, is, it should be in back in the days, I guess. Uh, so uh, what is the deck that I'm talking about? Yeah, so I'm I'm thinking or knowing that you're talking about the party crasher strategy, mm -hmm. um, which was kind of like uh, my take on trying to evolve the dead guy ale deck. Um, so the party crasher name is um, like, of course, the dead guy ale name is uh, rogue dead guy ale, which is a beer, is named after beer, and I figured like let's. Mm. Uh, Let's name uh, black white decks in old school after beers. So th there is a beer by a brewery called Clownfoot, which is called Undead Party Crasher, and uh, Undead Party Crasher is kind of close to you know a dead guy. So I thought that yeah. it was a fairly good name. Um, maybe like the yeah. You 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 you're talking about like the back in the dead extended. Chris yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Because you know, yeah, combo yeah, decks in extended were always named after breakfast cereal. You yeah. had like tricks and uh, full English breakfast and Cephalid breakfast and uh, all these breakfast cereal names for combo decks in extended. And I figured yeah. like if black white decks in old school, they can be beer if combo decks in extended are breakfast. Yeah. So I found this deck uh, as I mentioned. I wasn't even supposed to play, but I played this week in the Ivory Cup and actually took down, <laughs> took it, uh, the whole thing down uh, just by playing your deck, but doing, uh, actually adding blue, the uh, chickened out maybe. <laughs> so I went about playing the power and some other stuff, but mainly the mono base and i think the strategy is uh, solid as and pretty much as you wrote it up so yeah so one of the things with the mana base is that you the deck tries to beat mishra's factory uh, that was one of the core strategies yeah. when i first built it uh so so it plays for example moat and these kind of things uh and it doesn't play factory itself and that makes it a little easier on the mana base, and especially since it's uh, it's an Armageddon deck. Yeah, and since you're playing double white cards and triple black cards. <laughs> yes, uh, like the very first version was, uh, you know, the two two flyers 
uh, version where yeah. you had uh, Thunder Spirits and uh, Hypnotic Spectres uh, and a couple of Sir Angels as the Wincons alongside mm -hmm. um, alongside um, uh, Underworld Dreams. A bit, a bit leaner then. Yeah, and and that's you know like a natural step I think because in if you take like the ordinary dead guy in old school, uh, the weakest cards there are usually stuff like um, uh, Black Knight is not a good card, and uh, Sinkhole doesn't have that much of an impact on the board either. Mm -hmm. So if you can replace the Sinkholes with Armageddon's and. Uh, the Black Knights with kind of Thunder Spirits, uh, I thought it would work a bit better. And then you know have a bit easier mana base and then also you can play Moat which is a bit underplayed I think in the format. Yeah, I, I wanted to try out the Thunder Spirits but I, as I mentioned, I found two decks. Uh, so the first one you played at Gothenburg Invitation 2015, I guess. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was a fun tournament. It was um, Kenneth Mosby who hosted it. Uh, and it was, you know, me and Kalle and Ola uh, and a few other, you know, good people. I think I took Ford. Um, and, and what I kind of saw at that tournament was that this is very much like a Dark Ritual deck. If I can say it like that, because mm. Dark Ritual becomes such a core card in the deck, because uh, uh, not only, you know, the turn one hypnotic or, you know, casting and world dreams, it's also, if you're on the draw, uh, it's not uncommon that you want to play like Armageddon on your turn three, before you do your third land drop, uh, yeah, and then yeah, it yeah. like Armageddon, and Ritual Armageddon. Mm -hmm. And also helps, you know, getting out Sarah Angels and um, not being overly re reliant on stuff like Moxen is also kind of sweet, because... At that point, you know, You Are Burn, which was a very popular uh, list in 1516, uh, played with um, uh, Energy Fluxes. So so this, uh, this pile is also kind of resilient to Energy Flux. Yeah, it's resilient to Energy Flux and uh, the Cillian of All then also, of course, because you're, you're not playing any just sums in the early versions. You're actually playing one Cillian of All instead. Yes. So that goes a well, better way of like usually when you see the dead guy ale builds, you see Jusums and you see Hypnotics and you see, uh, you know, the, the removal for white uh, alongside with the Dark Rituals. Uh, but you went about playing, I guess, Sarah Angels instead, basically, because that's the core you've been keeping each time you develop the deck a bit. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say that. Um, like, uh, I, I think core components are probably uh, like Android Dreams, Armageddon, Moat, at least one. Like, the, the, these, I would say, are the cards that, you know, kind of, kind of tries to tie the deck together. And mm -hmm. um, there are, like, slightly later versions that one um, the second version that you posted, which I placed second on Wixico in 2016 with, um, that one also plays, you know, the four hypnotics and three Sir Angels as the creature's main deck, uh, and it has cut the Thunder Spirits. Mm -hmm. uh, but that one has a sideboard plan to remove all creatures. Uh, so you have, um, you can go all in, you know, just winning via Underworld Dreams and Warp Artifacts. Both sides. Yeah, and this is the one I copy the most. Uh, because in my version, I splashing blue. I put in some books, and I don't know. I, I went the more, uh, you know, controlish route. Uh, yeah, even but book more. Is a even more. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, and I, I saw that your uh, I saw your deck on Twitter, uh, and I saw you you splash blue, so you can't really do the uh, land tax thing. Exactly. But uh, so, so the card engine here is more you know land tax and greed. Yeah, with ivory towers and sideboarder. Yeah. So so this this deck from Mexico I think is um, uh, it plays uh, three ivory towers in the sideboard and then it plays two land tax and one greed main. I think you should probably play an extra greed in the sideboard here, which some later versions I had did. Uh, so you can rely on that like greed ivory tower package a bit more after sideboard if you need it. Yeah, especially since you, if you're playing a more mid-range control route, you want the, you're one for oneing a lot, or except except of course with the Gedons, <laughs> you you're more than one for oneing, but you're you want answers. But I usually say that when you're playing like black and white, the big biggest problem you tend to walk into is that you draw the wrong uh, pile of your deck. It's like you sit with only removals or you sit with no answers uh, since you're not playing blue or anything else. But greed is such a, also a bit underplayed, I'd say, especially with ivory towers and stuff That's like that. Yeah. And it's, al it's, it's also a great dark ritual card. Again, I mean, so this is very much a dark ritual deck that if you get that one out, uh, like the, the prohibitive part of greed is, you know, getting it on the board. And then once it's there, it's very nice. Uh, and another like card advantage or you know card uh, keeping up kind of thing at least in this one is uh, Scallop Worm. Um, so so in the main deck it also removed two of the Swords of Plowshares for two Spirit Links and it has less two Swords in the board. And then mm -hmm. it has like Spirit Links, Motes, uh, Greed, um, Andor Dreams, you know the whole like solid enchantment package if you can say it like that yeah and then uh as some sort of you know recurrence um a form rather than a book but i mean that's i mean it's it's kind of a flavor choice if you want to go with uh jame day tomb or skull form here in later builds i've had jame day tomb and i it's okay. clearly like the better card in a vacuum but uh, <laughs> yeah but i think in also not only in a vacuum but like if you're it depends the meta, I guess. Uh, like a spirit link on uh, Serangel is just game in a lot of game in a lot of matches, I guess. Uh, yeah. So like this was um, like I lost in the finals at Mexico due to a missed chaos orb flip on my side. I, I heard that you got like on the lucky end of chaos orb flips. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I w went on the lucky side there. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, then I got to play a tournament in, in Stockholm, which was not uh, actually Ivory Cup at that point, something got from Russia with love, because Konstantin mm -hmm. and um, David Chambers were coming over. Uh, so they had like an extra tournament, which was, I'm not sure how big. Yeah, so we're, we're stepping into the third deck then. Yeah, the, because they, they are almost exactly the same. Uh, the only yeah. difference here is uh, a couple of cards has gotten blackboarded for the third deck, like the Warp Artifacts are now beta. And um, yeah. and I play four Ivory Towers in the sideboard because in the in the other one I, I kind of had to play a particle Sorcerer because it was from a tournament in Mexico, uh. which had won the year before and the winning card was a particle Sorcerer. It's their giant shark. Uh, but like to step, take a step back. You, we're talking about like 2015 to 2000. Did you even play it 17? No. Uh -huh. uh, well, by 2017, I actually got 
Once <laughs> you get like all the cards backward. Okay. <laughs> so you went on other projects after that. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, but then I, then I took the chance to play it at uh, Noobcon Nine or something. The last Noobcon I actually played at. Uh, uh, and uh, but that list was like kind of different. I, I had moved away from the Dark Ritual strategy. Then I, I played like Forcer Angels and four um, Sing Vampires. But that that was. That was the yeah. last but, but but I would say that list was a bit different. It wasn't really it was more like five drop dot deck more than party crusher. Because like what I really love with the party crusher deck, if we're going into more specifics here, is that uh but you, you did play it with Jusums one time also, but um in Fishley Royal. Uh but you, you managed to like do really well with this deck in those two years. Uh, like top fours and finals and Yeah, like in four I think I played in four tournaments and my worst place was the top eight in those four yeah. tournaments. And that was yeah. in Fish Liver. And I think what what a we we talked about this earlier on the podcast that Underworld Dream is such an underrated card, but also like, uh, it's a bit of a <laughs> you're you're putting all your chips in when you're playing this deck because, like, that's that's what you usually do with Dark Ritual. The cool part that you actually managed to squeeze in uh, is like the there's a lot of cards that can like reset uh, we talk clearly Gedon is one of those cards but balance some instances and uh, like you have the wrath of gods in your the core build the uh, build you went to after trying the more uh, leaner build uh, so yeah like because the the hardest matchup by far when i when i played this was uh, sudex uh, hmm. And so the meta back then was like the like the good decks were maybe you are burn uh, Lestrezo and the deck that were popular. Uh, this was before mm-hmm. uh, Lion Dib had become a thing, and it was before a Togi had become a thing. Yeah. Um, and I mean, mm-hmm. like th- this pile against most the deck players is very favored. I would say, like if, if you you could probably put up like a very good the deck player who would beat this but in general you know i felt favored and uh against you are burns also like kind of sweet uh they don't have any real answer to uh, sarah angel is of course they have sonic blast but you two for one them but the underworld dreams they stick and i mean i play main i play main deck uh spirit link also and main yeah like that's very close to game yeah, and as you mentioned, like 2015, 16, people play You Are Burn, and then you're playing Flying Men and Serendips, and then you kill them with uh, Sidletable also, I guess. So, uh, so, uh, so, but uh, Sue was uh, a hard deck, because they, they can overwhelm you earlier, like with the um, with a bunch of small creatures, and if you don't get the moat out, then they can answer the moat some way. Like, Arabian Aggro at that point also played Tranquility, which is a hard uh, card for this deck to beat. So then it was important to get something that, you know, that could gain that card advantage. So mm-hmm. this is uh, Wrath of God was a very solid choice, at least. Mm. And I see that you put like thought into also having enough artifact removal. I guess that makes get on better. Uh, like in the sideboard, you're playing uh, even main. You have uh, 
Yeah, you no, okay, you're you're not playing five. Uh, different, like in the in the Gothenburg Invitational, the main deck was uh, four disenchant, one divine offering, and one dust to dust. But then you know it's uh, it's going a bit like up and down. So, but yeah. I, I think like five plus minus one. Mm. And the warp artifacts, uh, like instead of uh, uh, I don't know copper tablet or something, you. Yeah, because like if if you face mm -hmm. like a control deck or the deck or something, and then you just uh like post sideboard in, in like all the builds you have at least like seven artifact removals mm. uh mm. so it's very hard for them to stick a book or stick card advantage mm. and then mm. you don't have any creatures and if you have four unworld dreams and four warp uh, artifacts and skull of worm uh they won't have enough distance chance to yeah and usually you're you're just like uh, they need to counter everything you're doing, and probably most afraid of the Gaddons, usually also, and like if they're playing a reg like a more core build of the deck, they're not playing lightning balls usually. So they're they need to have swords, they need to have disenchant, they need to have answers all the time. I found it a bit hard playing against counter spells, but I was maybe more afraid of, or more, I hadn't really tried it out enough. So I, I wanted to know what to stick first. Is it the Hypnotic or is it the Unreal Dreams? Hyp hypnotic is a card that's easy to board out, I think also in the stick. Um, like if you if you face, for example, like the deck or something, and that, that's one of the first cards that goes, I guess. I kind of like it still. I don't know. I mean, it's it's nice, but I, um, but it, it's almost like transformational sideboard there at least. Mm. Yeah. So that's the way you're doing. You're taking out the creatures and making their swords not do anything, or. Yeah, I think the uh, the the one uh, we you found from Fish of Royal uh, has the best sideboard, I would say. Uh, mm -hmm. And then the main deck there is a bit questionable because should you play for GSM Jins when you play Moat? Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we haven't addressed that. Yeah, you're right. You're playing one yeah. Moat there. And also that that makes you kind of una unable to play with Sid in a bottle, which is arguably like a great card. Mm -hmm. uh, so 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 it, it's a bit sketchy to play the four of Jusems in that um, <laughs> in that deck. I think <laughs> uh, maybe you should have hypnotics, but I mean it. It worked and it was fun. I know that I destroyed my own. Uh, I had to destroy my own moat at some point, but you know the moat held the fort, and then you know I deployed two jessums and then destroyed it with the disenchant, and you know just went out. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think that sideboard is uh, is probably the best one because there, against against like uh, many decks, you actually want to just bring in the four um, ivory towers and the greed uh, to get the card advantage. I talked about, and mm. then you can. It's easy to cut the gisms then, because then you go into the control group when you have four ivory towers plus sideboard. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you're also playing uh, some someone that you think plays a bit more removals, then you can uh, like a, or or the deck or controller or something like that. Then you can cut the Cyrus for uh, warp artifacts also, and and then you know they. They don't have that much they can do against that. Mm. If you're playing as you were burn, I, I think you can usually cut like um, land taxes and that good. Mm. Yeah, but ivory towers are so good against uh, those decks also. But then you have ivory tower greed combo, which is 
also enough. Mm. It's uh, it's a solid deck, MG. You did good, and I thank you for. I didn't even ask you, but I, I think it's so fun it that you found like a, a deck yeah. I, I used just like five years ago, and then you know, go <laughs> Yeah, and when we started talking before we actually started recording, uh, I had to stop you and say like, okay, we need to start recording now. And <laughs> uh, I didn't know uh, you had put so much more thought and actually played it that much more than I. I just found two decks, so. It was, it was my go-to deck for like a year. After I finished you know, getting the cards from Project M and I said, you know, I built it on this deck for five years and now, now mm -hmm. it's kind of done. Uh, then this was my uh, my pet deck for a while. And it's pretty good now because that means I, I have like all the black and white cards black bordered because I want to get mm -hmm. a black border. So now I can play like a Dwarven Warriors in uh, Votasum uh, because I have mm -hmm. like the black bordered um, Sarah Angels and sort of Plowshares and Armageddons. So, so yeah. I can play black, white at at uh, alpha beta only. It's helped me a lot in not only this format but generally in life, I would say. <laughs> yeah, it's a good life lesson. Get black border cards. <laughs> yes. uh, uh, it's been really nice having you, MG. I will surely ask you to be on uh, another time also. Uh, and uh, have a nice summer. Thank you. Pleasure to have talked to you and uh, hope to see you again. Olan, hit me up what, what, I, what I was doing wrong. Well, I think the, the main problem with your deck um, uh, is that you didn't play the warp artifacts in the sideboard. Hmm. Uh, I think there are great cards for the grinding matchups with warp artifacts and underworld dreams can really punish the slow decks. Uh, yeah, and I, I said I couldn't afford them. Uh, they are they are they are actually for being an unlimited rare they're actually quite cheap. So, I mean they, they are not the greatest cards. So so they are not they they are costing under twenty euros. Uh, yeah, and that's that's really cheap for a playable rare in unlimited mm. nowadays. Um, well, what do you think, Jonas, about the... Be, because I didn't even get uh, give you a chance to cut in on the uh, Twiddlewald deck we talked about, but... Yeah, <laughs> so, so the only thing I want to add about playing Twiddlewald online, it's, uh, it's also nice that your opponent can just like switch tabs and start watching a YouTube video or something mm. while you're uh -huh. going off, and then you could just have an alarm to tell your opponent when you have one or whatever. Can I? Uh, so. Yeah, uh, Svante actually went when we played the quarterfinal. He actually went about in his apartment doing some other stuff, and I <laughs> and I think I think he can hear because I said I'll tweedle, and he was like, "Yep, yep, <laughs> yep, yep." <laughs> so yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think that's the spirit. Uh, yeah, you do. That. Yeah, yeah, good, good. Yeah. That's like with the Zoom meetings you have nowadays uh, in work. Some people are those types of people that just like start making dinner <laughs> during the meeting They're like yeah okay that's I, what's happening now i have a wireless headset while i'm at um, uh, teams meetings at home mm. uh, and i don't have a the microphone obviously but if someone says something to me i'll just walk to the computer and answer otherwise i'm walking about doing something else i've actually have uh, 
I don't know, the burden of uh, teaching children during the pandemic. And uh, I thought it was kind of uh, interesting because they know they're, they're like dead silent all of the time. No one wants to speak. So you really need to adapt your teaching skills. Usually you go into a classroom and start with getting everyone silent. But here it's like the other way around. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, but, okay. So the party crash deck then, uh, Jonas. What do you think about... Uh, you, you haven't... Maybe you haven't seen the MG version, actually. Uh, I think I've seen it once. I think I remember the name, but uh, I'm not sure exactly how it differs from your list, except for the uh, Warp Artifacts then. I will give you the deck uh, way think, down so you can help. I think it. MG didn't play blue. Um. No, so um, he, his version is playing the land taxes uh, and uh, I splashed blue so then you're not able to play that many basic lands so uh, yeah I don't, you mentioned the worst decision was not having the warp artifacts uh, and of course you can still play those in the party crasher uh, i am seb version i guess uh, but what do you think overall you must uh i think the uh, I, th I think the like the complete package of Armageddon and uh, land tax and uh, stuff like that makes like a more complete sense in MGS build than in your build. Um, I'm not sure. Like, how did the Armageddon's perform for you? Um, <clears throat> I think just one time I was very afraid of Mishra's, so I pulled the trigger a bit too quickly. And I tried to give uh, on the whole spiel after <laughs> our games, like why the decisions are so hard for me to make. But in our match, uh, Åland, I got to like turn one mind twist you one of the games, I guess. And the third game, I think I had a hypnotic and a Unwell dreams like turn two well, or three. Well, or game like game two you played um, turn one mind twist for four turn two hypnotic turn three underworld dreams. Okay, and uh, that's pretty much game uh, for. I, I mean, you can't beat that. And then you attacked with the hypnotic and and uh, fetch uh, and discarded my wheel of fortune. So yeah, mm. there's that. It's like it's it's a bit of a combo killer. Uh, this uh, this deck yeah. all in all with uh, a, a lot of. Uh, uh, card drawing punishment and uh, d discards uh, but yeah I, I think in uh, the route you took Seb maybe you shouldn't play two Armageddon's uh, I don't mm. think they seem to do that much for you I think adding more card draw or something uh, could be uh, interesting uh, since you have all the, all the Underworld Dreams it, it's pretty easy for you to splash another draw seven or yeah. just add a book or something uh, to uh, to get the card advantage that way, uh, which mm. is something you lose compared to the land tax version. Uh, other than that, I, of course, the blue power cards uh, are. 
it always makes sense to play them. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I mean, Time Walk with uh, a Hypnotic is, uh, I mean, it's uh, a very nice play, obviously. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's a, a really strong deck. I think uh, your version and the MVS version, I actually think, play out quite differently compared to each other than you might think. Mm. Just looking at them because he he's a lot more uh, into the land tax um, Armageddon okay. plan, uh, yeah. which uh, which and, I think and he's playing two modes also. So yeah, uh, I'm only playing one. Uh, yeah. But you, but but playing blue maybe you're easy, is more easily drawn to uh, some of your one-offs i guess uh, yeah so, so i'm not sure actually which is the mo- more powerful of the decks uh, but um I-, I think they play out more differently than you might first expect actually mm. i i played the mg version at uh, the last uh Kafferep, actually um mm-hmm. uh, that, that's a small tournament we have like invite uh, having uh Coffee and some uh, cake. Yeah. <laughs> and playing. Okay. So yeah, and I re- I think that your version also could support one of the greeds. I don't. I think that's a great card to play mm. as a card draw. Yeah. Uh, what MG is doing is leaning into the cyborg plan with Ivory Tower. That clearly goes well with the land tax. Also, uh, I decided to not have them since. We've talked a bunch about Ivory Tower for some reason. Uh, well, I'm, you're not liking them, and I'm on the fence about well, it. Well, I'm liking them with Lantex. I'm not yeah, liking yeah. them in the deck. That, that's, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. So it was about the deck. So we're going back to the deck. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I can see in the control shell also without Lantex, but I agree with you that it's, it's weird playing. I'm not agreeing with you, but I understood while trying to like put some tweaks into the deck i can't play dark rituals and hypnotics and ivory towers without any engine or something so no but you could play one greed like mg yeah 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 Uh, you could probably pull that off i don't i have maybe you should play some more spirit links uh, because in one version he's playing I think it's kind of the more complete version he has. He's playing two spirit links and two sorcery plowshares. He's also uh, b- because then you're enabling the greed a bit more. Uh, Sarah with spirit links just wins your games, I guess. Uh, I mean, it's 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 a it's very good against Serendib as well, and and it and you have a skull of Orm in your deck in MG's deck, so yeah. he plays more enchantments, obviously. Mm. Uh, so so yeah i i think the decks are very different uh i mean you you are inspired by his deck but as Jonas said they play out very differently uh, yeah uh the main difference is i'm going really hard on control i think since i'm playing three books off the sideboard uh what do you guys think about energy flux in main i'm playing one uh since this is a get on deck, and still you're not playing that many artifacts. Uh, I'm playing the Eulery, the Sol Ring, the like Chaos Orb, one of the Sirena bottles. 
As usual, Energy Flux is pretty good against uh, many of the best decks. So uh, it's one of those things where if you assume you're going to win uh, the early games or the first games in the Swiss, uh, I think it makes uh, makes uh, enough sense to uh, to play it. It, yeah. it can just crush some decks like if they're not ready for it. What do you think, Olan? Overall, like energy flux. It's, it's not that much seen with white usually, I guess. I'm a big fan of energy flux in main deck. Uh, mm. Actually, I really like it. As you said, it's it's good against the good decks. Uh, it's terrible against the bad decks. Um, like, yeah, but it's also not great against all the the, the good decks. But yeah. Uh, but an early energy flux against the deck is often game over. Uh, mm. Against eight tog, it's uh, if they don't have an eight tog and they can't. I, the problem with it that against eight tog is that if they have an eight tog in play, they just eat up all the artifacts in the in the upkeep and then swing for lethal. But yeah, there's yeah, they could do that. Yeah, yeah, but there, there's there's a lot of um, stopping power in energy flux. It's insane against um, uh, Twiddlewald. Uh, you can't mm. win with that card in play. Uh, mm. So so yeah, I, I I like it and maybe some other decks. Uh, I mean, robots is not really a deck in 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 Swedish. Uh, I I still don't think it's a great deck, but yeah, it's not a tier one deck as it is in in uh, like EC and Atlantic, all those other yeah. Atlantic. Uh, it, yeah, yeah. I think robots is might be the best deck in Atlantic. I rate it super high there. I think it's playable in Swedish. Uh, like Seb, you did pretty good in a Swedish mm. with the robots deck recently. But yeah, of course, it's not comparable to have one workshop or four. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> you I can think just it's... play a completely different game when you have four of them. I don't know, Olaf, if what you're going about is like, it's very easy to hate out and it's not that explosive as it is in uh, the other uh, like it's not you're you're not having all those uh, <laughs> workshops and uh, whatever uh, in swedish i guess uh, yeah i mean the, in atlantic it's clearly uh, the second best deck because it can't beat the deck um that, that's the problem with with shops in atlantic um uh, in mm. Swe in Swedish, it's losing even harder to the deck um, because it's but, it can't even be explosive. Yeah, it's it. Of course, it can be explosive, but not that it's not as consistent. As, yeah, yeah. I mean, consistency yeah. is I'm like play hundred yeah. games. Uh, yeah, and I think what I I play the old old uh, league and took it down with uh, one of Berlin's versions of it uh, and what it is doing good is like if you're playing if abyss is good i guess <laughs> it's a good deck uh because you're usually having a four drop really early at least uh, and uh, i found out like playing against a lot of green or red or whatever yep. decks that like having an abyss and just having one threat is like really really solid against all those monocolor decks yeah but the problem is that when you're playing against white 
It's yeah. it's it's like okay, you play out um, a Suchi or a Triskelion with a with a mana vault, and they kill it for one or two mana in, at instant speed. Mm. Yeah, uh, all their removals are better than your your threats. Uh, they are a lot cheaper, more efficient. Uh, yeah, but yeah, but then the, then the thing is like it's yeah, you win with the restricted cards, but then again, you could play like any deck with eighteen restricted cards. Mm. Um, so what happened game three when we played? Because you won the first one. I uh, tapped out at. Uh, I think I, I only had like no. land go. Uh, maybe I started, but I put out a chaos orb and tapped out. And you're like, you shouldn't have done that. No, but <laughs> so, that 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 was game one. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, the one you won. Ga- game and then, game three, you you uh, I stumble on ma- I'm only gonna stumble on mana. You strip mine my volcanic island. Okay. And you ma- made it to be a hard decision to strip my colored mana. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why, but yeah. Uh, and you won the game by strip mining, and then you played a hypnotic, and I kind of okay. scooped because I yeah. didn't, it didn't, I didn't draw any mana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just want to hear you go through all that pain again. Uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we met like in the Swiss and overall the tournament, uh, it seemed like we, like in these days, at least like in the international, uh, like tournaments, there's a lot of, uh, bec- maybe because cards are so expensive and whatever, but there, there was a lot of monocolor decks and also like maybe 10, 11, not, not unpowered, but maybe just having like one or two jewelry cards yeah but yeah but there's so many people that don't own swedish legal cards they have ce and revised uh, it's like yeah yeah so this was a swedish uh, legal tournament and my take is also like usually when we play ivory cup uh, i think a lot of people that you and i and Jonas play against we haven't seen now in two years because they don't care much for playing online Right, they have like all the cards, but they like MG. We've had him on a couple of tournaments, but he's doing his stuff instead. A lot of people want to, like the old school players. A lot of them just want to be in the pub and sling cards, not do the online thing. That's my take. You're you're the Gothenburgian here, Wallan. That is that right or? <laughs> is what right i mean from from a gothenburgian sense or what uh, yeah but because a lot of the swedish old school like the more uh, usual suspects they you haven't seen them in the online scene no i think there's like me and olof extend um, who plays online uh, olof is uh, obviously working as a nurse in corona time so i don't think he has and he's a as a newborn so i don't think he has much time to play online so basically it's me playing online on the west coast uh, mm. uh, getting a kid and working as a nurse in covid isn't that uh, like solid online game playing and mm. even i took some i, I didn't really went into uh, i like the like one day tournaments i think Jonas, you haven't played a league either right no i have really bad experiences with leagues from other games uh where there are where there have been too many no-shows or people rescheduling all the time and 
uh, I really like to have uh, a schedule that uh, uh, that I can plan ahead uh, a long time. So uh, leagues, uh, I haven't really tried a, a Magic League, so it maybe the scene is better there. But from other games, uh, I have just been really salty on uh, on league <laughs> play. <laughs> I think maybe we should go into the top eight uh, and we already actually mentioned three people that you and I played Olan and you played Svante and I played Svante, right? Yep. Not in the Swiss, baby, but... No, I played Svante in the top eight. Okay, so you made top eight uh, and I made top eight and we briefly talk about our decks. Uh, so maybe we should... Uh, check out the other contenders in the ivory cup here uh, do you want to go first one yeah we can start with uh, david chambers um, with the big blue deck um, i mean this is a this is a variant of his his somewhat of his pet decks uh, uh, the base of the deck is that he always plays uh, for sage of latna uh, that, that's one of his favorite cards and he has four sit in a bottle two main and two in sideboard that, that's like a trademark uh, David Chambers build mm. uh, David Chambers never splashes he only plays monocolor decks mm. uh, that's also a trademark uh, and in this version he decided to play four air elementals and three Mahamoti Jins, which is insane uh, obviously I've never seen it before uh, <laughs> Uh, and I think Berlin said sometime that he thought Air Elemental was a good card, but I don't think he built around it. Then. I, I mean, the, the card is good, uh, except that it dies to Red Elemental Blast. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's a solid card. Um, mm. Yeah, and, and it's uh, the Blast, of course, is the biggest difference between that and the other uh, five mana, four, four flying. Uh, but of course, Sarah Angel with uh, Vigilance is just uh, not not the, the Red Elemental Blast withstanding. It's it's the most powerful ability of uh, all, uh, all the, all the comparable the... creatures. Yeah. But yeah, I have to uh, agree with Oland. No one has ever played four elemental, air elementals and three Mahamoti Jins in a deck ever in the history of this game. I someone has to prove me wrong before i believe I, i've else. actually played it but that was eureka so yeah that, that doesn't really count <laughs> yeah uh, eureka is just like not playing by regular standards so i mean I, I i like that in the eureka because you can actually play the creatures if you don't have eureka if mickey yeah. magnuson removes them from your deck <laughs> uh, exactly so, so you can still play classic uh, trickster uh, yeah, but but he he's playing the like 
a lot of counter spells also since he's playing blue i guess uh, another version he did play or another signature deck as you mentioned uh, was going in more of in the neveril's disc uh, yeah like uh, neveril's disc and hercules recall i mean it yeah. was called total recall um mm. Uh, back when Recall was restricted, he played four Hercules, uh, an Ancestral Recall, and uh, a Recall, which makes the total Recall back then. Um, yeah. And now it's called Partial Recall because you can you won't play four Recall. So yeah, uh, we talked about this. We had a Christmas stream and we we talked about this back then. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, th this deck is really solid, and he beat me in the in the top four actually. Um, yeah, and that sounded weird, I'd say. But you that was he... pretty funny because uh, the commentating team at that point we were four people, and uh, yeah. two of us were uh, re uh, uh, were really sure that Oland was highly favored, uh, mm -hmm. while me and Slan Fan thought that the Chambers was favored. I thought he was slightly favored, and uh, uh, Slanis was pretty sure he was really favored um, mm -hmm. and to me I think some, like it's pretty easy for him to land a really big threat really fast and then back it up with a counter spell and then like one energy flux speaking of energy flux's main yeah. uh, an energy flux or uh, not uh, that important but he still has the uh, city in a bottle's main and I think mm. that starts to add up. Um, he okay. can also look at a lot of cards with sages. Um, so if he if he knows what he's playing against, and if he goes first, which he did, uh, I think that was really important. Yeah, he was um, top seeded. He maybe we should mention that that he won the uh, like Swiss. He went five zero. Yeah, he was uh, undefeated until the finals, right? Yeah. Um, mm. So, so I think actually, if he knows what he's playing against, he can mulligan into a really strong hand. Of course, it helps that uh, if your opponent gets mana screwed uh, yeah. and can't answer creatures that well. Um, but, but yeah, uh, I, I think the, the more knowledge he has, and especially if he goes first, uh, this is a deck that uh, really can handle anything. Uh, the big drawbacks, I think, is uh, if you have the wrong cards. So if you're facing like mono green and you have like a power sink and uh, energy flux and uh, I don't know, an air elemental on turn five or something, that's yeah. not going to work out that well. So sometimes you just probably draw the wrong part of the deck. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but the more knowledge you have about what your opponent is playing, you could probably mulligan pretty... Pretty aggressively, I think. Uh, you all you have the regular catch-up cards with uh, um, ancestor recalls and uh, sages that can just start digging through the deck, uh, and I mean, the fast starts with the manuals. I think he he actually he had no idea what to do. Um, he was <laughs> listening to the stream. He said he was listening to the stream to get advice on how to play the matchup. Where you talked about <laughs> how to play the matchup. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> 
and he was like yeah i was uh, it was like i was sitting in the room and he was like he didn't show and it's like yeah where the hell is he uh, and he and he, then he ca- came and he said yeah i was listening to the stream they were talking about the matchup but of course i'm listening in it's like yeah shit <laughs> <laughs> mother unfair <laughs> so so yeah uh, i mean so uh, i can i can tell you that he what he met like in the swiss uh he, he crushed me uh, like really really because i didn't really know how to go about i wasn't really <laughs> i i i was lucky of course you you need some part of because i took down the tournament uh and you need some luck to do that i guess uh, but um when I played against him, he just like as maybe as your games went about all on, he just like slammed a big flyer and had counter spells for days basically. Uh, and but w- when he played the Swiss, he played like it's a bit of a mixed uh, crowd actually. He played against like not that many other because I don't. Is it a control deck? Would you say it's Big blue, uh, because he's playing so many counter spells. What do you guys think? I think it plays out like a tempo deck. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm not so. sure if it always does. It has some control elements with the disc and the counter spells. Yeah. Uh, because he, he made a lot of like the more aggressive decks, actually. I think uh, it's a mid-range deck that just goes, it's too big for the smaller decks. Okay, like, yeah. What, what, what are your tutus going to do against the air elemental? Yeah, he yeah. lost one game during the whole Swiss. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, it's against small creatures. He plays like, he plays for main deck he has big creatures, uh, sage to draw cards. And they, I mean, the sage just kills one once, uh, which is just stupid. Mm-hmm. And sage, and then he has Suchis in the sideboard and four control magics if they play a bit bigger creatures. Yeah. So if they play flyers, four, four flyers, he just steals them and whack mm-hmm. with his four. I mean, yeah. Uh, and the disc is, of course, maybe he needs to find it, but also it's, it's a one-off disc. I, I won't really. Yeah, yeah, but like he doesn't have even okay. have a demonic tutor. Um, yeah, but at least he's playing uh, in main. He has one Trisk, and in the cyber he also has uh, another one. Uh, those are really good against uh, like most aggressive decks. Uh, I I wonder why he he went about playing energy fluxes in in this build. He played two in main. Uh, <laughs> you don't usually see. Like the librarian and energy flux is in the same deck but what he likes to do is just like swing a big uh, threat in uh, like really early and then like cash it in i guess uh, i don't know we talked earlier about uh, energy fluxes seems to work most like of the artifacts pay for themselves sort of you don't need to really put that much upkeep into them and the rest you're actually pretty happy to lose in a lot of circumstances mm. like the uh, like you're not going to keep the lotus in play uh, the mana vaults can go uh, or you can just cycle them with uh, sages if it has played out uh, yeah. that way so i think it makes sense uh, i think that like 
when you're playing these types of decks, you mentioned uh, Jonas that no, yeah, maybe he he could be slightly favored, but the big problem is that you're you can't really answer stuff in play. Uh, you have the sit in the bottles, of course. After cyber, you have the control magics, the red elemental blast, and whatever. One disc, as you mentioned, one chaos orb, but it's not like you need to. Uh, what I don't really see, but clearly he did really well, so made work anyhow. But when I'm playing these types of deck, I want to play a small, like more tempo, even small creature than have the counter spell backup. Because he's playing four counter spells, one power sink, two uh, spell blasts also, uh, and the drain of course. Yeah, but the the small creatures in this deck is not big. They are not impactful enough. You need mm. something that actually does something. Like playing a flying man and protecting it with counter spell is not gonna work. Yeah, you uh, need more reach than or anything else that happens. I mean, a 4-4 four, four flyer backed up by counter magic is, um, is a big threat. And yeah. a, lot, a lot of decks can't, can't handle that. Uh, but, but he, he can easily get swarmed, uh, this deck. Mm. Uh, if he plays against green, it's like, yeah, the green deck plays, um, plays uh, some small critters, maybe an ice storm. Uh, and he sits with four counter spells in hand. It's like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll say what's it, what's going to do. He's going to play something on his turn or keep up counter spell mana. That, that's one of the problems with these kind of decks. Mm. You, you end up in a situation where you want to advance the board state, but you also want to keep up counter. And if you play something, they're going to they're gonna put out something really uh, terrifying. And if you don't, they maybe don't do anything. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, so, but yeah. ramping out a, a quick air elemental and then having a counter spell is really strong. I, I won't argue against that. Uh, it's just like, I, yeah, uh, that's the hard part of understanding, I guess, when you're playing one color and you're playing like mono vaults or whatever. It's more aggressive than maybe I'm thinking. Uh, the only game he lost. It, not match, <laughs> one single game in the Swiss, uh, was against another top eight uh, deck. Uh, so we need to go down a bit uh, and look at Carl Devos deck. It's Robot Control. Uh, Jonas, what's your take on it? I have played uh, at several points uh, a deck that is basically this deck, but uh, maybe four or five cards different. Uh, this is one of my favorite tournament archetypes because you can play it really controlling uh, but you can still play uh, pretty fast games because you have the Suchis and uh, Trisk so you can get into pretty aggressive games as well. Uh, so the idea here is that you have a few artifact creatures, in this case four Suchis and two Triskelions. You have uh, two Abyss uh, which of course uh, lets you keep your creatures while your opponent cannot. Uh, then you have the usual white um, permanent handling cards like the Swords of Plowshares and Disenchants. And blue provides you with counter spells, power cards. And in uh, this deck, you have the um, 
uh, copy artifacts. There's also a small splash for a fireball, for the reach and the regrowth, and of course the uh, demonic tutor and mind twist. Uh, when I have played this, I haven't had the splash or the copy artifacts. I have done more of a, a tutor well, package with the splash for like regrowth and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah okay. So I have played with the uh, transmute uh, artifacts instead and some uh, bullet answers. Uh, but I think uh, so. Like I have a book and uh, a city in the bottom main and stuff like that. Uh, but it's but it's close enough. I think uh, our friend uh, Mickey Tai has also played this archetype quite successfully um, several times, and I th I think it's uh, really strong. You can play the control game, but you can also be aggressive, and of course, if you're playing like some weenie decks, uh, having the abyss plus larger creatures and some fast mana, it's uh, it's pretty rough for them to handle. Yeah, and uh, as I mentioned, we're. Uh, Chambers won. I'm, I'm trying to stress that. It sounds like he's losing when, when, when I'm trying to <laughs> talk about what I'm trying to talk about here. Uh, he is playing two of us, and I guess that's like if you're if he sticks one of those, uh, Chambers has basically the well, he has a couple of artifacts, but he has the Mishras uh, mostly. It, like a lot of his deck just dies, uh, and in sideboard we have like red elemental blast those are pretty good <laughs> against the one of blue deck uh, and i think uh, mesa Vith is kind of good also uh, against chambers but like okay that that's basically that matchup but what do you think about the deck overall uh, Olan? uh I, i'm i'm actually looking at his his mana he only has to sit there brass for red mm. For the splash, there one fireball. Yeah, 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 yeah. You of, co of course, of course that. But you board in red elemental blast, yeah, and the, right, yeah. or an opponent plays a city in a bottle, and it's like, mm. yeah, this sucks. He has um, one moxen also, but yeah, but yeah, really obviously, uh, this deck. If you add four JM Day Tome to it uh, and play sixty-four cards, you get the Danish the deck. Um, <laughs> basically, uh, that, that's the Danish deck, uh, which uh, Team Tron has been playing. Um, mm -hmm. uh, they play 64 cards. Uh. Yeah, uh, I can see that. I can see the deck uh, resemblances here, of course. That's where you're going straight if you're playing blue-white instead of, as we mentioned earlier, uh, robots usually imply you playing splashing black and maybe more playing red and blue one of the things i i don't like with this build uh, if you just uh, count the lands he plays uh, 11 uh, blue sources with the sapphire uh, not counting the fellow stones and plays four counter spells and a mana drain mm. that's too few for yeah, me yeah uh, one or two too few uh it's like the the louter deck, uh, which he had only eleven sources, and that's to or was it eleven white? He, he had a lot of he had a few sources, but yeah, I think uh, I think that uh, those two planes are too rough to have in the deck. What mm. do you think, uh, Jonas? Uh, yes, I completely agree. Those, though, yeah, I think. This is maybe like what Lancey has available, but I think those should be islands. But yeah, 
Uh, no, underground seas maybe, but oh yeah, 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 but if it doesn't Vulca- have Vulca- them, Vulcan- w- w- at least one volcanic. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay, um, for the red elemental loss and the fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but some some type of island. Uh, but then he only has yeah, but yeah, but I still think that works out better. Yeah, yeah. Those two should be blue uh, lands uh, mm. in some capacity. Um, mm. Yeah, I, th- I think there might have been losses from that actually. Maybe even like the that maybe why he lost against Chambers because yeah. he didn't have stable enough mana, even though we had the cards. It's maybe possible. Yeah, but because you and I had a sh- like, I asked you guys when building my deck. Uh, I I wasn't supposed to play the tournament, so. Uh, I was supposed to commentate, but my, one of my kids went sick, so I had to stay home. So last minute, I just found the deck and put it in. And then I asked you guys, can I play Brain Gazer with, I think it was 10 blue sources uh, mm. or something. And can I play Mana Dray? No. It was like, yeah. So how many do you need? Uh, I mean, you sorry. you have eleven you have eleven blue sources, uh, counting the mocks. Yeah, and I have. Yeah, yeah. The brain gazer is fine, but yeah, I th- yeah the brain gazer is fine because brain gazer is best later in the game. Mm. But you want to be able to counter pretty early. You don't you you don't want to open up your your hand with like planes workshop, city of brass two counter spells. Uh, a ra- some random card. It's like, what are you doing with that hand? I mean, a red mox, like in that hand. Yeah. Like, like what? Wh- what are you even doing with that? And uh, maybe the workshop could go also. Actually, uh, we have four suchis and two trisks, and of course you can have those mad uh, like starts where you're copying uh, a suchi or whatever uh, turn I'm- two three, but. Am I am I weird if I'm say, suggesting that he he should play one land more in general? Uh, he plays yeah. nineteen lands. I think mm-hmm. you can't really count the workshop as a land. It's more like a ritual mm. kind of card, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I agree that you should probably consider that a ritual. <laughs> Maybe yeah. you could even add. Is it two Fulgur stones in this build? Yeah, I think you could probably add another one. Yeah, and I don't actually like the workshop in this deck. I yeah, mean, but playing more Felwars makes it way better, at least. Yeah. Uh, the problem with Felwar is that nowadays, I mean, at least in this meta, I, would, uh, I wouldn't have liked Felwars because like, there, there's going to be so many, I mean, mono-red, mono-green decks, and their yeah. Felwars are so bad. Like, you, you want to board them out, yeah. and then you don't have um, colored sources because you, you kind of... Uh, when you play uh, Felwar Stones, you kind of count on that 90% plays blue. But I don't yeah. think in a Swedish reprint or tournament... Or C- City of Brass, at least. Hopefully City yeah. of Brass. Hopefully City of Brass. Um, yeah. But I don't think you can count on it in a Swedish reprint tournament. Yeah, yeah I would actually only play it as a ramp for Abyss and Suchi and consider mm. it like a ramp card for that and not as a fixer. Mm-hmm. Um, I completely yeah. agree that it's not a reliable fixer. Um, 
and and we're not talking down on uh, uh, the deck itself. We're we're being picky here, of course. Carl Devos is did really well in the Swiss, and uh, probably for the reason uh, I mentioned earlier, also the abyss is against that meta. Uh, but like, what well, the only take I'm having is that I would go one way more. Uh, like I would play more Trisks and copy artifacts, maybe less counter spells, I don't know, or more, like you said, well, books or <laughs> like the more control route. Uh, you're doing yeah. everything here and that's fine usually, but maybe skip the regrowth at least. I don't really see what that's doing. Yeah, but the regrowth, the regrowth is is good with 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 ancestral and mind twist and demonic tutor and balance. Uh, mm -hmm. It's like, and uh, the, maybe that's a card, as you mentioned earlier, with the like the brain gazer. You don't really regrowth turn one two anyhow. So, I mean, that's one. Yeah, I mean that's one card, and it's it's single single green. I I think that's fine, but I I think the the cards I would cut from this deck are the copy artifacts. There's not enough stuff to copy. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's it's great to copy a mox, but uh, yeah, uh, and like the copy artifacts is that's what what I was implying also. That usually, like ramping with them is also a way of going about. But then you want to have more threats, at least in your deck or in your hand. Like uh, you want to know that this will pay off in the long run i agree this in this deck it doesn't really ramp into <laughs> anything sort of uh, yeah it, it's a it's a weird tension between the number of threats and the copy artifacts it's the cards that i would cut as well probably a triskelion from main as well uh, you could have one more in the sideboard but i would cut uh, the workshop the copy artifacts and a trisk and play some more uh, card draw uh probably like books three books, books. maybe books yeah or I think some, something that really gets you ahead like uh, this deck has everything that's good in control otherwise so should switch to because Carl Devos played in uh, in the first top eight match uh, he actually played uh, Baptist I'm looking for the deck here did I put it uh, it's right yeah. below three lines okay, of friends okay. yeah uh, and they had a real joust that a long long run of uh, control against control but both of them are trying to do the more tempo route thing i'd say uh, tell us uh, olan what we're looking at well this is the alban lauter deck uh, <laughs> lions dibs uh Sarah's. but is it lauter is it that red also no okay okay 
it's it's with it's white blue with black splash. Uh, this is like a louter, but I think uh, he has he has obviously caught a lion and added a divine offering, and I think he has tweaked uh, something in the mana base, and I f don't think louter played recall. Uh, so it's basically uh, four dips to one cat. <laughs> uh, two, no, three cats. <laughs> yeah, three cats. <laughs> are, are they making themselves heard here? Uh, and two Sir Angels. Uh, but otherwise, okay, the, maybe the psionic plots will reach also, but of yep. course, removal. Uh, I'm just trying to m tell the, the listeners what really makes the decks differ. Uh, robots control it's clearly a control shell this is also a control shell i think uh but you're playing the aggressive main, i mean it's the, at least it's the, it's the you blue white flyers with lions uh, it's yeah. the, the age, age old deck from uh, i mean let's anton glance has played for many years yeah. and he played in this tournament but it has lions for a little more aggressiveness mm. um not a fan of playing lions without bolts, but yeah, hey. yeah, yeah. Uh, the, it's the two psionic loss, own like the otherwise, yeah. I think more. That's what I was uh, thinking when I was like the lion dib scenario is usually more with red than for more reach, more aggressiveness. Uh, but this uh, makes it more controlish. Three lions and friends. Uh, so the friends are the Dibs and the Saras. Uh, Jonas, your take on the deck? Uh, I think this looks like someone who just really likes the lions, maybe just got some, maybe likes the aesthetics of calling something three lions and friends. It sounds like a reference to a book or something. Mm. Uh, I don't think it's good <laughs> to play the lions. <laughs> I think it's fun. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, it, it does sound like it's referencing a book or something. I That's... think C.S. Lewis has a bunch of those, right? But yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe it's a it's a Narnia thing. Uh, but yeah. yeah, the lions don't—they don't add anything to this, in uh, my opinion. Well, you could clearly you can have those. Maybe as we talked about with the last deck, you can have like. The turn one lion, then turn two dib, and then you go that route. Uh, but this deck also plays like the full control shell with all the removal, the four disenchants, four swords of plowshares, four counter spells, one mana drain, even recall. Uh, I think like if if you're playing recall uh, and like those more. <laughs> really long game cards recall is an excellent card so uh, of course but like even towards the plowshares and makes the game more grindy and then you usually go into the long game anyhow yeah yeah that's what i'm thinking it's like it's like a sly curve but uh the opposite so you have like ones and threes and fives yeah um and uh, I'm doing a disclaimer once again. Baptist did really well. He did top eight. We're just uh, like addressing what we think about it. But uh, my 
let's fix it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's uh, like Oland said, blue-white flyers is a great archetype. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, just uh, that the lions don't seem to fit. The problem with lions is that you they're good in the early game. And uh, you're playing... This is a three-color deck, but you're playing... If you're playing a good old-school deck that's temp like mid-range-ish, tempo-ish. You're usually playing Mishras, of course. You're playing a lot of no, non-colored sources. You're playing all the Moxen. So you need to be able to play it turn one. And of course we have nine white sources. That's no, not the ten, pearl. Ten, ten with, with the, the pearl. pearl. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, yeah, you could have it turn one, of course, and you could have. But you you don't even have four of them. No, I mean, <laughs> if you play yeah. it, you play four. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe maybe just owns three, and because I mean, they look like they are from beta. It's like yeah, mm. he didn't want, uh, and he wanted the divine offering instead. And I mean, it's a it's a really good reason to play a card. It's like I have yeah. three sweet lions, so I'm gonna put them in my yeah. three lions and friends deck. That makes a lot of sense to me, but. Mm-hmm. I think this deck is one of the weirder decks to play balance in. I wouldn't play balance in this deck. Mm-hmm. Because all of the creatures. Yeah, I, it's, I... I don't know. I'm not a fan of balance in, in, in decks like this. You're not going to empty your hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to sit with a lot of cards in your hand. I think uh, what, what we need... It's the same scenario here. We need to go one route. Uh, we can't do everything. We haven't talked about the full 75, and it has like four Suchis in sideboard. Uh, that, that's that's new. Uh, I haven't seen that one before yeah. in in this, and it's like it's probably against uh, the Abyss. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but that also makes it more uh, like the, the Lions become slightly better, I guess, uh, if you put those in. But then you need to keep all the other stuff and <laughs> when you play these types of deck you don't want to take anything out usually yeah i mean if you're adding suchis to combat abyss then i don't think the lions yeah stays. not abyss no. uh, mainly but if you're uh, i played baptist uh, in the top eight uh, as we mentioned earlier me and Oland, we talked about those two decks already uh, i met baptist in the I don't I never get this but the first one is the what's the quarter that's that's the first one quarter I got a no show we can talk about that deck briefly also next but uh, then I met Baptist in the semis that is then uh, and uh, he took in the Suchis the third game so maybe his reasoning was uh, that it's a tempo play that you don't usually see coming but i played white so uh, we had we had open deck list for the top eight yeah yeah but like no in the swiss you, maybe you don't think about the no top but uh, i mean if you brought them in in the top four against you in the fir- for the third game when you know he asked them no uh, he yeah okay so when we started playing he he played a more Grind the matchup against Devos, and their game took forever. Uh, the game we talked about earlier, uh, the, the deck we talked about earlier. So he didn't. I don't know if he also that happened in the Swiss. So he didn't really see any decks. He asked me 
the first thing you did. So do we have the deck lists anywhere? And I said, well, no. <laughs> they okay. then, they you, then you cheated him. No, okay, man. Because they showed them on stream. I don't know. Where do you find them? Okay, whatever, man. But what, what should I, think, I tell him? Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, whatever. Go back and watch the stream. <laughs> okay, this is a dead end. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you're winning, or am I winning? Okay, but this is like, I mean, his sideboard plan. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a sideboard plan against the abyss decks because they often play artifact creatures. He brings in four sushi, two divine offering, two, two dust to dust, and brings out all his creatures. Mm. Yep. I mean, he has nine creatures, so he can take in a mace or whatever. Hmm. Uh, and uh, I would probably play the moat instead of the lion's mane and more. Yeah, but then cards. then that's the that's the blue white flyer. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that, that's just what I'm saying. He has one moat in the cyber also, so he has a yeah. lot of good clean answers in this uh, seventy-five, uh, like the rebs and whatever. Uh, the Bebs, not the Rebs. Yeah, Bebs, Bebs, not Rebs, because it's uh, he is not splashing uh, red as the uh, yeah. last one. So uh, I got a no show for my first uh, match in top eight. Uh, and this is like the deck where the, the deck he couldn't take a deck pick. He took a four three deck pick. So this is not the whole deck. Um, <laughs> we're missing some forests, I assume. Yeah. I'm missing some sideboard cards as well. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah, we're missing uh, like the end of the decks deck pick here, uh, because what we're seeing is uh, yeah. four panel. Uh, this is Spencer Columns or Spaceman <laughs> OX or Zero X. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> He's playing Meek Green uh, and. Uh, what we're seeing are four Pendle Havens, four Mishras, four Crumbles, four Giant Crows. It's a clean deck pick, the, the, yep. what we're seeing. Uh, four Wiley Wolves, <laughs> uh, four Elder Dragon, no, Dragonflies, what's it called? Emerald Dragonfly. Emerald, not Elder. <laughs> That's probably Dragonflies, a card, Dragonflies live like a week or so. Yeah. <laughs> not so, so, so elderly. So, so, <laughs> how big is the Elder Dragonfly? It's like four, two, two for four. Or exactly. So it, it lived one more week. <laughs> uh, the, is it called Fire Spirit? The one yes. Fire Sprite. Fire Sprite. Uh, the Druids. And lay, lay Druids. Lay Druids. Uh, a bunch of one drops, uh, like in mm. the top. We see all the elves and uh, yeah, script sprites and whatever. So this is a usual green, mono green, aggressive deck. I'd say it's not a usual. Okay, yeah, no, whatever. Uh, Tell us. It's a yeah. Uh, I mean, some cards are really <laughs> usual. I mean. Uh, four Lanor Elves, four Scream Sprites, four Scavenger Folk. No strange things there. Four Giant Grove, four Crumble. No strange things. Mm. Uh, four Wailuli Wolf. That's a bit strange. Four okay. Emerald Dragon Fries. That's well, a bit strange. Why, why do you... I've, I've seen a bunch of... But because they're four or why is it strange? Yeah, it's it's because, it's because there's four of them. Okay, um, okay. Uh, more than zero Fire Sprites. Yeah, okay, that's that's unusual, maybe. Yeah. More than zero lay druids, a 1-1 one, one for three. Yeah. Uh, uh, four Pendlehaven. 
they are legendary lands. Remember that. Mm. Usually you play two or three, maybe. Yeah. Three, I think three is uh, the absolute max. But yeah, he. I mean, the the bad thing about this deck is that he didn't play four lay druids. He put in a yeah. one of Sylvan <laughs> Library to to break the symmetry. Yeah. I mean. Because what we're seeing uh, laid out in front of us are four of each. Like, it would have been nicer to have the full. And in his sideboard, he has four Tranquility and four Tsunami. I wonder what the third four of is it for? It can't be for Hurricanes. What what card can it be? Oh yeah, that's really interesting, man. Uh, that's going to annoy the hell out of me. Yeah, because it's it's obviously a four. Of, uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I, I really. I'm enjoy... being a bit unconventional here. I need to take a call because it's from my mother and it's really late. I just want to see if nothing happens. So. Yeah, yeah. I I have no idea what what that last card can be. It's like. Yeah, I'm really curious now. And it was a no show as well. It's a really he's a really mysterious man. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously not an expensive card because it could have been like for. Uh, for sit in a bottle and you cut the wild lily wolves. Yeah, yeah. That that would be actually been a good card. Uh, because because all, like, all the artifact removal is already in main. Yeah. Maybe it's like for avoid fate or something. Uh, it can be ice storm because it doesn't have ice storms. Ah, uh, that would make sense. Yeah. So because like, okay. I think that okay. uh, this deck is missing. Ice Storm. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, he, he went full on artifact uh, if, if, disruption in the main deck, but no land disruption. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if he just cut the Lay Druids, they are too cute. If he cut the Lay Druids and the Sylvan Library and adds four Ice Storms. Yeah, it would be. Uh, but the Lay Druids are good with the Panel Haven and the Mishnah. No, <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> no. But, but the thing is, the thing is, if if you just add the ice storms instead he has a solid plan he has a lot of one ones he has a pendle havens he has a lot of disruption with four crumbles four scavenger folk and four ice storms he can easily cost turn two ice storm because he has eight elves yeah. i mean well, yeah i agree and it would have been uh, s such a beautiful deck with just the four ofs and then a bunch of forests yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about building that deck, changing those four cards. Well, yeah, I think I really think you should. It looks uh, like I have been uh, increasingly impressed by this archetype. Uh, this version looks really fun to play. Uh, always mm. looking for a reason to play Elves of Deep Shadow in a deck. Yeah, uh, with with eggs or <laughs> hopefully with eggs. Yeah, uh, I think one the, the one thing i hate hate most about this deck it has nothing to do with the deck itself it's the whippoorwills in the sideboard <laughs> I, I i just need to give them flying it's so weird every yeah. time i i because i watched him play against baptiste i think in the swiss he, i don't know if he took it down or not no maybe he lost that one but uh, i you, i kept wondering why he didn't attack <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. So it yeah, it's so stupid that they don't have flying. Yeah. So as I don't know when you're taking them in, I guess you just want more threats. Uh, 
It's not that of a good card. It, it's In the matchups where the lay druid isn't good enough, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was the deck that we didn't see in the top eight, but he did really well anyhow. Uh, and we have, uh, we don't have that many more to talk about. We, we have, have two left. Two left. So which one should we? We go all up to the top and talk about Carl Hagen. Uh, I played against Carl Hagen. Um, did you play against him, Seb? No, I uh, missed that matchup. I don't think I mean, my matchup is that good against him. I don't know. Hmm? He's a great guy. I mean, uh, he has been to the Ivory Cup. He's from. Uh, he's a brother of fire from from England. He's yeah. been to to Ivory Cup, and I I know him, and he's a great guy. Um, he actually. I talked to him and he actually traded down his unlimited jewels to revised. Uh, so he borrowed uh, the Badlands for his decks uh, and some other cards uh, from from a, a fellow uh, fellow Brit. brother, brothers of fire. Yeah, fellow br fellow brother, and uh, yeah. made this uh, red aggro burnish deck um, with eight goblins, eight bolts, four ball lightnings, four black whites, four copper tablets, two onks. Blood Moons, uh, Chaos Orb, Shatter, Demonic Tutor, Wheel. I mean, pretty basic. Mm. Uh, and uh, speaking of basics, uh, it's called Arabian Goblin, and I just assume that the mountains are Arabian Mountains. They are. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's nice. <laughs> that's uh, all that's Arabian about this deck, right? Yeah. Um, I think so. It, it's not playing Sid in a it's playing two sit uh, bros, I guess, but yeah. <laughs> uh, he no, is, wait, one um, sit in a bottle, sorry. Uh, he is, uh, I mean, he's known for playing Arabian aggro before. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's what he top eighted the uh, last IRL NoobCon uh, yeah. two years ago with. Uh, but he's an aggro player. Uh, but I we think real... it's really good good i guess that right now i don't know why but i feel ball lightning is yeah. i've seen a lot of ball lightnings and i've played some myself and i think it's... so this is one of the decks that i got to see when i was on stream and uh, the goblins didn't really do anything the ball lightnings however were terrifying every single time and you could oh, you could always see like the opponent being like super stressed about stressed out about the uh, ball lightning arriving and like having mana and answers available for it because mm. it hits really hard yeah uh can I, i'm thinking about something regarding the goblins um uh, i would probably play for eight togs instead of the goblins of the floor because you have 15 artifacts in this deck yeah that's yeah and, and no goblin synergies yeah yeah i, think I completely a agree solid take yeah uh, although they did perform pretty well in one of the games together with the Blood Moon and Mountain Walk. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, but, that's, uh, yeah. He, he would have won that match uh, easily if it would have been an ATOG. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> that's an no. argument for the ATOG. Yeah, and I, I kind of like, um, that's also one of my bucket list uh, decks to actually play a, a, a mono red uh, burn deck. Uh, with ball lightning and a tog, mm. 
uh, a lot of artifact damage. I'm probably going for the full set of Ankh of Mishras. Are you? Are, but but you're not playing any more artifact creatures. You're going for no, no. Mm. Um, I mean, I would obviously have Mishras Factory, but yeah. because we don't see any Mishras here, maybe no. because of the Blood Moon. But I probably would play no, them. maybe because of the Ball Lightning and okay. It's, yeah, I mean it's yeah. But it's I playing mean, it's one Pendlehaven for the, yeah, the flyers, the, but yeah. I, I, the Pendlehaven will, will, will obviously go if you played Aatox. So. Yeah, and it really punished him at some point where he actually drew the Pendlehaven and couldn't place Ball Lightning. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, I think he... I think Stebo helped him a bit when he put together this. Uh, he had yep. some uh, more interesting choices for some cards uh but i think he put in the copper tablets like last minute and those are very good in monored i think and uh, uh like he's only splashing the demonic tutor uh i don't even see a mind twist in the sideboard here so no, he has glooms in the sideboard yeah but mind twist probably should be in there somewhere i guess I mean, he has no fast mana. When yeah. is go? When is he going to mind twist? Like, if if he doesn't have the soul ring, then it's like turn four mind twist for three. That's well, not what you want to do with this. Like deck. how these decks sometimes play out is that you're like you're playing out your hand, and then you have, or at least you have a bunch of mana in a couple of turns that you're not doing that much with so maybe of course then maybe the fireball is better in yeah. your reasoning yeah uh, if you're playing an expel i absolutely think it's a fireball yeah, yeah. uh land sedge in the sideboard that's also interesting uh, i mean that's i think i think he has a lot of random sideboard cards okay. yeah uh, uh emulation i don't even see it's another sit in a bottle i think the another blood moon yeah it's like what what you can bring in uh, if you're playing red i guess emulation is interesting as you mentioned i think uh, i met uh, someone in odol that played uh, uh, kobolds and he played bloodlust uh, and i could kind of go for that if you're playing as many creatures here as carl is doing no i it's too bad okay uh, you need more creatures even more creatures for okay. that uh, but the blood, because, a bloodlust on the ball lightning yeah <laughs> but you're never gonna have four red plus one colorless <laughs> that, no. that's not gonna happen come on <laughs> yeah yeah uh, and it's it's such a bad two for one also with the bloodlust yeah but yeah, I, I would just add more of the pain artifacts, uh, like you said, Oland, and uh, some Misha's factories. The only problem yeah. I have with this archetype is that I get bored so quickly. It's yeah. really not what I enjoy playing. Yeah. But I'm thinking about, um, I'm also thinking about, uh, well, if I want some, if, if a friend who doesn't have a deck wants to play, this is a great archetype to build. Oh, um, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, because you learn them the basics of how to manage the artifacts and the atogs and they can uh, they can win some games easily i think i actually lost one of the finals of ivory cup maybe the first even uh, against a mono red deck that 
I don't know if Berlin lent out his monorail deck to a player. That that stings even more. Someone just stepping in and taking down a tournament with something that you have like offhand. Yeah, uh, yeah it, it's it's a strong deck, and if you enjoy playing this type of deck, uh, something like this is uh, probably going to be really fun. And and uh, as you said, with the targs, it probably becomes even more fun. Uh, because you have to make some interesting decisions. Um, um, but yeah, more than four games with a deck like this, and I'm I'm done for the day. Hmm. There's actually two guys from Valberg who has played uh, the Mono Red Atog deck a lot, or the Mono Red Burn, or the Mono Red Artifact Aggro ish, um, Artifact Damage more than Artifact Aggro. And they have played it for several years. Um, hmm. Uh, and they seem to like it um, because they like to drink beer so they have fast rounds and then they can drink beer with their friends during yeah. the tournament and that's also a consideration for a deck and, yeah. and, and then you can usually also say like you're on three life right <laughs> <laughs> like look, looking at the top aren't. card <laughs> looking at the top card drawing a card no like hellbent you're on three life right <laughs> uh, yeah but do this you remember, is, like... is, is that the story from when Mickey Magnusson and Ole Rode was playing and it was back when you couldn't have sleeves so yeah, they could but... tell from the back of the card uh, what the card was and I think it was Mickey. I don't remember who it was who could yeah, we, see we that. We talked about that with the, on the podcast earlier. But ah, yeah, I see. <laughs> it, it was Ole that was playing and Mickey was walking by uh, looking at the game. And he knew Ulle's deck as well as his own because they were in the same team. So he threw out the top card of uh, Ulle's deck against the opponent when he was at 3 life. So the story went that Micke asked the opponent, right? You're on 3 life, yeah. And in Swedish you say, three på dig. Three on you. <laughs> in you, on you, I don't know. Uh, but this is actually the third uh, deck we talked about that was uh, monocolored also in the top eight yep. uh, so that's nice i'd say uh, and we're going to the last one I not believe. monocolored not monocolored <laughs> not at mon all <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what we're looking at here Jonas. Uh, this is a disco universe so it has uh I, th I think it's uh, you should probably consider it a sort of mirror ball deck first and foremost. It has channel and fast bond, uh, all uh, the restricted cards and uh, mirror universes and fireballs, uh, lots of fast mana with mana bolts, uh, some interaction with uh, Maze of Ith and uh, lightning bolts and uh, the spice of this particular build uh, which is uh, never Neural's disc um, and uh, some avoid fates and uh, some greeds to round out the card drawing and uh, self-inflicting pain mm. I think it's uh, really like the there's a lot of things going on here uh, what, what, what are your thoughts uh, Olan you met Svante we're talking about Svante yeah. Langroth's deck here yeah, uh, you met him uh, in the uh, top eight. In the yeah, in the quarterfinals, uh, and he said before that 
I was 92% to win the matchup. Mm -hmm. um, and that seems right. Uh, because you're more... You're, uh, have a quicker I mean, deck or... He doesn't have anything against me in his main deck. Mm -hmm. Or in the sideboard. He has one shatter in the sideboard. It's like... Mm. And two red, uh, three red blocks. Like it's the like Hercules is like a semi... <laughs> yeah, sure. But, but he, he, there, yeah. yeah um, and game one, I won. Game two, he channel fireballed me for lethal. And game three, I won. Uh, mm -hmm. So his, his chance of winning is the channel fireball. Uh, because sadly enough... He top decked the fireball turn two, else he would have killed me turn one. But yeah, <laughs> that's nice. Uh, but but this is actually an interesting deck. It's a hybrid between a, a disc deck and a, a mirror uh, mirror ball universe deck. deck. Yeah, I, and, I, and I think usually mirror ball is not that consistent. But this seems no. really interesting. And Swanta has been playing a lot of combo decks. He's been playing all of them. He wanted to find the best, and he. <laughs> yeah, he said there's no not a good uh, like combo deck, but we talked about the uh, deck you played also. But he thinks Twiddlewalt is good. Okay. okay. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but but yeah, but this deck is uh, pretty good against creature decks. I mean the discs and the mazes, and even the bolts and the fireballs. I mean splitting up fireballs against all these one ones is mm. insane. Yeah. And then you mirror them to death. Mm. And this is actually one of the best Avoid Fate decks I have seen mm. uh, because it protects both the Nevenura's disc and the mirror. Yeah, and uh, like after Cyborg has one Guardian Beast, but it also has a bunch of Urnams that it can yep. take in. So they make, they do a lot of stuff. Avoid Fate is only intra instance, right? Uh, and enchantments. Okay. Uh, well, against control magic, I guess, then stuff like that. Uh, but um, especially for the discs and the uh, mirrors, uh, warp artifact. Uh. <laughs> well, so he should be playing warp artifacts. <laughs> no, no, against warp artifacts. Okay, okay, yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, mm. yeah. So well, I'm glad I didn't bring the warp artifacts. Yeah, that would have been a blowout. <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, but it, it protects against um, Disenchant, which is the worst when you play Mirror Universe and Nevenero's yeah. Disc. The only um, thing uh, I heard Mickey talking about on the stream in the sideboard was maybe playing Crumble instead of the Miser Shatter there. Because Crumbling your mirror is probably a... Like, mm. there's no downside, really. And if you're playing four fireballs, people might take in uh, blue elemental blocks against you, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I, uh, that seems reasonable. Uh, I would like to try you... this deck out, see how it flows. Mm. It looks like you have to like goldfish this deck a lot before you play it, just yeah. to see like what is a reasonable hand to keep. I think you uh, should be playing air elementals in the cyborg instead of the earnest. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, this is actually a, this is actually a good Urnum deck. Uh, well, because when you play when you play mana vaults, Urnum is easy to play turn one or turn two. Uh, I met Svante in the first uh, game in the Swiss, and uh, game two he took in the Guardian Beast, 
so that's maybe the only thing I think that because I don't know if it took in the earnings then also, but it really made me uh, like put in or keeping. I have one Cylinder bottle in main and one in the sideboard. I don't remember if I took in another one uh, just for that answer. It makes them so, uh, so much worse, but maybe I'm just like, I have some chambers fever here, <laughs> like thinking uh, too much about uh, sitting in a bottle. Yeah. But two, three maces of it. It seems like I like the lightning bolts also. He has another one in the sideboard. Uh, and the games I won, uh, he actually had like the answers. Uh, he had the fireball, but I, like my hypnotic specter, just took it out, and I was really lucky in that sense. He put out a disc, like the last turn, one of my underworld dreams would have. Uh, he he could have popped it in the upkeep, but uh, he had one mana too few for the avoid fate. So, yeah, you mentioned it wasn't that close your games, uh, Olan. I mean, they were kind of close, okay. but yeah. Uh, the first game was closer than it should have been. Uh, and the game two, I didn't have a chance, so that wasn't even close. I mean, he channel fireballed me uh, turn two. I played a land go, yeah. and he killed me. So, um, yeah. Game game three, I drew. I mean, I, I mean, his win is so clunky compared to the Twiddle Vault win. Yeah, if you have. It's like you have so much more card advantage also, I guess. Yeah, yeah and, and if you sort of fail when going off, you have just advanced <laughs> yeah. the state you're in. If this deck fails, it has nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think what this deck is doing is like don't caring what your opponent does and either I've, disking or swapping life uh, after a bunch of things it, happen. it was actually uh, i remember now what happened in game one um i played he played out a disc and i was like yeah i'll go off and it's played out a lot of howling mine and um, two howling mines and the time warp and then i then i fizzled and then he killed all my five six artifacts and then I still won mm. because I just replayed. The, okay, you so redid everything anyhow. Yeah, so so that's the that's the problem with this uh, deck. And I mean, I have played my my share of discs against Twiddlewalt, and they they generally don't win the match. Yeah, and greed like he's he's not playing. You, why well, you mentioned greed was good in might be good in my deck also. This is this is with the mirror and. I don't know, more card advantage. What's your take there? It seems solid or? Yeah, I, I don't think that he actually used it <laughs> at all, kind of at all. Um, so I don't know if he was uh, particularly satisfied with that card. Uh, I think it's good I mean, though. It's... Yeah. yeah, but the problem is that you often have to pay three life with, with um, City okay. of Brass to draw a card. And then it, there's Underworld Dreams. I mean, so so yeah, in situation it's it's obviously the best card. Mm. When you play it against the deck and they don't remove it, you're gonna win. But mm. uh, so yeah, maybe uh, it's a big maybe for me to greed in this deck. Mm. Cool. Uh, I think we talked about all the decks now, and I I feel 
fulfilled. <laughs> yeah, did you uh, did you did we go into who won the tournament? Uh, yeah, I mentioned it maybe. I won against Chambers. I lost against him in the Swiss, and I won in the finals against him. Uh, I was really lucky. I played against Svante also, as I mentioned. Uh, two flips uh, did it stick uh, against my hypnotics. Uh, and but yeah, I met you all and I met Svante in the Swiss and both of you play combo decks and sure, I don't have that much time to do stuff, but I'm playing white, so I have the answers also. So maybe I'm slightly favored there. Uh, and didn't feel that it, my deck was overpowered in any sense, but I, yeah, it was a, a weird experience for me playing Dark Rituals and Hypnotics and just like having, having them do something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, I mean, that's my that's usual dream. deal. But yeah. One, one thing here people missing flips if you are missing flips you need to practice do 1000 flips you can't miss chaos or flips that, that's that's not an option it's like you can't play that card and keep missing if you're under like 1998 you need to practice yeah. more so i won one game against fountain one game the finals against the chambers chambers he was complaining that his hands were sticky because it was too hot <laughs> yeah, well, I mean that, that's the, that's the Will McGran thing. He always, uh, yeah, my hands are so sweaty, <laughs> card keeps sticking. Uh, it's like, yeah, you're not the best flipper in the world if, if your hands are a bit sticky and you miss a flip. Then that, you should practice the... with your hands sticky. Yeah, um, yeah. You should practice um, until your hands are sticky from all the flipping. Mm. Yeah, I mean th th that's so that's weird when goes. people. Uh, you need you need to practice. Everyone needs to practice their chaos or mm. flips. I need to practice. I miss, like, uh, I missed one flip in a tournament once, uh, and that that sucked. I probably uh, missed a bunch. I'm uh, I went from being really uh, meticulous in how I should go about with like the finger dropping it on whatever, and then I went to just like, you no, know, releasing it from the thumb and my yep. point finger. That's just, like, that's. Like that's the best just one motion lift up drop it that's the best thing to do yeah uh, always hits and in one mo motion no stopping no thinking no standing up mm -hmm. no fingers no whatever uh, it's like mm. yeah with that said no fingers no nothing guys uh, <laughs> uh, we, we should uh, tell everyone to have a nice summer and uh, I thank you very much guys for uh, taking the time to talk with me. Thank you so much. Everybody should uh, use the heat in the summer to get their hands and fingers sticky and yes. practice their flips. Yeah. Yes. That's a good way to end. Uh, bye bye guys. Bye and bye. see you later. Flip flap, flubber do bop, a flip flap, flubber do bop, a flip flap, flip flip flap, flubber do bop, flip flap, flip flap, flubber do